Welcome, welcome, welcome to another wonderful episode of the Gospel According to Stupid. I'm Johnny Waters, and this is my podcast. How the hell is everybody on these, uh, these, this eve before uh, a lengthy time of decision-making for America? Uh, for those of you listening internationally, thank you, by the way. Um, this is a uh, spooky time. Very spooky time. Um, go vote. Yeah, that's the most politically thing I can really say right now, even though we're going to be talking about uh, uh, religion here in a minute. So we covered both the bases of religion and politics, again, I think. Um, that, um, yeah, that uh, shit's going to hit the fan here, or not, or it will sh- hit the fan for some people, or it might not, who the fuck knows. But the uh, the world is watching, history's being made. And uh, tomorrow will be the beginning of it, and I'm not exactly sure when the end of it will be. Uh, if 2020 has taught me anything, it's uh, shit can go on for a while. So go out there and vote if you can, uh, if you're old enough, if you're in this country, etc., etc. Um, and do your part. Yeah? Okay. Um, we do have some emails and things before we get into probably some of the most boring shit you I've ever read, you guys, from uh, First Chronicles. Uh, our JW person, has uh, Jehovah's Witness person, has responded, and I have responded in kind. If you're not into those, you might want to wait, you know, 10-15 minutes to get through that, and then you just hop right on into us doing the begats and shit. Which I'll try to do quite a few of those just to knock it out. And eventually, at some point in First Chronicles, around the end of it, we do actually get into, like, story time. And when it does seem like we're getting into story time, then it'll be back down to, like, the two two chapters or, or more uh, per thing. Uh, I forgot about business and stuff. So, business time. Business time. Uh, you can send your emails, your thoughts, your concerns, your whatevers to uh, according to stupid at gmail.com, as well as on the Twitter sphere at, uh, at accord to stupid. Um, and you can find us and donate, even, if you feel so inclined to uh, give a tithe of sorts, to this podcast at johnwatersvoiceover.com. And it's in the description in below this uh this video, wherever the fuck you'd listen to this. All right, so they emailed. And of course, in this one, they kind of picked and chose from the stuff and kind of put references in between things. And I think a little bit of this got kind of messed up. So uh, in my last email to them, I did a bit more of a, a, a time uh, a timeline as well as some questions and things. Um, so I'll just read it kind of straight because the only fuck up I see is in kind of the beginning of this. So... They reference my old email. Hey, I think uh, we have to go back through this timeline thing again because I think I'm a little lost again. We have God makes everything, dinosaurs, Adam and Eve, and they respond with, Moses was chosen by God to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. That's where the ten plagues come in. I think there's more than ten. I feel there's more than ten. You might be right. I'm sure it's right. Um... Let's see. Uh, Then it jumps to the next thing. So it'd be Adam and Eve... Uh, Satan gets ousted to Earth, to the governor of Earth. Um, I guess I meant to govern Earth, but, you know, whatever. I was trying to formulate my thoughts, which, clearly, I haven't done a good job of. Uh, so they respond to that. Satan approaches Jehovah in regards to Job's integrity to God, saying he does that because God has given him everything. He taunts God by saying that if he took away all of those things, he wouldn't follow Jehovah. 
Of course, Job proved Satan a liar. Satan gets ousted from the realm of heaven where Jehovah sets his kingdom up in 1914, so this belongs lower in your timeline. Uh-huh. So, after that we have Moses, so the Moses comment should be before. Uh, Satan still runs things, regardless. Uh, they respond, Satan is not restricted until he is abyssed with his demons. I wouldn't call it running things. The abyssing at the time the earthly kingdom is set up, so he will have no power or effect on those during the 8,000 years. So, once he is abyssed, he's out there, he can't help anything. Great. Sure. Jesus, Satan tries to tempt Jesus. They respond, yes, Satan tries to get Jesus to fall in his position of redeemer of mankind, dying faithfully. Still kind of a shitty deal, and it doesn't make any sense to me, but okay. Then, uh, Jesus dies, then we jump all the way to 1914. The heavenly kingdom cuts the ribbon and is open for, as is open, and, uh, meh, fuck, and is open for business. They respond, a great disciple making work begins and ends at the tribulation culminating with God's war, Armageddon. Neat. Honestly, what that means... <laughs> you begin with, like, all the suffering, and it ends with God's war. Well, there's a lot of suffering, so to begin with, you're just talking about human history. So, fuck are you talking about? Then I mark, eventual apocalypse. They respond, A portion of the 144,000 to rule with Jesus were among his early disciples. Uh, a remnant of those 144,000 were chosen shortly before 1914, when the heavenly kingdom was set up. This remnant has been directed in the preaching and teaching work that has been going on. As the remnant passes away, they are resurrected to heaven with Jesus. All the remaining remnant at the tribulation will end their earthly life and be resurrected to heaven to, continue, uh, to complete the 144,000. Jesus will be leading God's war along with the 144,000 by his side. I mark. 144,000 souls go to heaven. The dead reanimate, go to educate themselves on Jehovah. They respond. We're still in the timeline thing. Uh, so they respond. Those who are doing Jehovah's will now and at Armageddon will be involved in the teaching of those who have died in the past. It is reasonable to believe, since God is a God of order, that the resurrection will not be a one-time event, but gradual, as billions from times past will be resurrected. I remark, a thousand years go by with Satan being purged to the abyss. They respond, yes. I respond, a thousand years later... Satan comes back, bunch of question marks. They respond, Satan is released from the abyss to be allowed to test all on earth. The Bible states some will not pass the test. Those along with Satan and his hordes will be done away with. No torturing forever, just gone for good. Then Jesus will hand everything over to his father Jehovah. Now that I'm reading that, I'm really wondering why the succession of power, but from low to up, but I guess you can't be bothered when you're God clearly. So, I remark, uh, am I right about this? I don't have years beyond the, I don't have years beyond the 1914 and the assumed Jesus at 0 slash 1 AD. Does that look right? About the God's ways are not our ways bit. I can get behind it. I can enjoy it and its variations where my favorite is the Lord's work, the Lord works in mysterious ways. But it does put a weird end to curiosity, doesn't it? I mean, I sometimes leave things to the knowledge of better people or luck or even God, but it seems like a blanket answer for what we don't know. 
Apocalypse could happen tomorrow. Who knows? It also couldn't happen for a while. My point is that just because it's a mysterious doesn't mean it won't be known or can't be. And I think the pursuit of that knowing is a good thing. They respond, absolutely, Jonathan. It means our lives. Kind of. Uh, then I respond, 144, well, you know, again, they pick and choose. 144K souls. They get shot up after the 1914 or when an apocalypse happens. I'm just curious because this changes things. The internet says that there are 8 million Jehovah's Witness people in 240 countries. And you're saying that Jesus will only pick, math is hard, a 30th of that number? You would, how would you level out your most devout here on earth? Make it easier for our creator's son. They respond, as humans, we don't, we do not, uh, we do not do the choosing of the 144,000, but Jehovah does. He does put it into their hearts that their hope is a heavenly hope with Jesus, while the remainder will be earthly subjects of the heavenly kingdom. Hmm. Uh, they, I respond to another thing. Uh, I don't think it's loving. I think I was responding to, do you think God is a loving God or his decision is a loving one? I don't think it's loving. I don't think you've said anything about anyone else making it up there after the 144. So, do you think they should reevaluate the amount who get into heaven? How is this number chosen? Who picked it? Why that odd number? Why not something even? Like, you have a thousand years, ten commandments, 144,000 souls. Sounds odd to me. But you say it's God's choice. Where is that written? So, they respond. Glad you asked. Where, Jonathan? Uh, Revelation 7 helps us. After this, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding tight the four winds of earth, so that no wind could blow on the earth or on the sea or any on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the sunrise, having a seal of the living God. And he called with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until after we have sealed the slaves of our God. Ooh, missed that one. In their foreheads. Uh-huh. Okay, that's an interesting passage. Didn't mention it in my email. Maybe I should do it here. Slaves, huh? And I heard the... <laughs> anyway, they, were, they continue. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000, sealed out of every tribe of the sons of Israel. After this I saw, and look, a great crowd, which no man was able to number, out of all nations and tribes and people in tribes and people and tongues, so it's a little repetitive, and uh, tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, dressed in white robes. And there were uh, palm branches in their hands, and they keep shouting with a loud voice, saying, Salvation we owe to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. Neat. Had some questions. I get back to those. Who are the ones dressed in white robes, Jonathan? Read verses uh, 13 to 7. Let's discuss this prophecy, if you wish. So I respond, whatever they take from me. To re-clarify the timeline, Armageddon happens, and it's a thousand years of teaching. It takes a thousand years for the living dead to be brought back into the fold. Is there a limit in those classes? They respond, no limit. Then I ask, are we immortal here on earth? Do we just get another life or do we live, die, resurrect just as we get into this God class? And how do you get into that class? Is it alphabetical? Is there tuition? There's got to be a better way that is faster. But as you say, it took from the beginning of time until 1914 to create the heavenly government. They respond, we will live on earth as perfect human beings, not growing old. The earthly realm of God's kingdom will be ruled from heaven. We will be perfect humans, not trying to become what you call a God class. 
I didn't. I don't think I said it, uh, it took from the beginning of time to set up the heavenly kingdom. It was set up by Jehovah at 1914. You said it was set up at that time. So I guess it does prove a point that it finished at 1914. You never said when it started. Uh-huh. Cute. Fucking dumb, though. And I can understand, so I respond, or they take it, whatever, fuck it. And I can understand bringing it down to earth, but it doesn't sound like it will ever, it ever will, with the, te- uh, with the teaching and the learning that has to happen for the thousand years, and the 144k already up there to contend with? Or does it all just come down after a thousand years? And do I live forever after the class? Is the test hard? They answer, no, it won't be hard if a person loves his father Jehovah, not my dad. It's not a written test, but that's in a person's heart. 144K. I'm always wrapped up about this. <laughs> it's like going to Disneyland. I've been like, is there enough people in there? Fuck it. Uh, does he know best? Seems off. Uh, I can't buy a loving God who says everyone, but then only set such a tiny number of his creations through the gate. Because, again, we're talking about all the dead before, and all the dead after, and all and the living at the present. I don't think you can have a loving God and a selective God. And I get that God can be whatever he wants to be, but it doesn't sell me to his side in this manner. And I forgot to answer this particular question, so I'll answer it here. They respond to that, going, Do you think if Jehovah wasn't selective, we would have just what we have now? And that's pretty much where I'm at. Because I'm asking these questions because if he's all accepting, all loving, as many claim, then we get everybody, right? We should. Assumingly, that no crime is ever unforgivable. Is that correct? Um, unless, I mean, you could throw in the Ten Commandments. Ah, okay. Have you ever stolen something? Stolen a heart, maybe? How, uh, these are some vague fucking things. Killed? Killed people? Murdered? Is there a difference? Killed anything? A bug? Does that send me straight to hell? What is the limit on this? So there's a lot of questions, a lot of things here. And maybe God wants to be alone and he only wants the most pious people to go like, holy shit, you got on the leaderboard, man. Well done. Um, but it doesn't seem right. If he's an orderly one, neato. I can kind of get behind being like, be good, fuckers, and then leave us to that. Um, but I, I have a hard time with an orderly and loving one or a very selective one. Mostly because, as it says, we are all his creations, correct? And you should love all of your creations, right? Or so he says he does. So how can you damn something that is of you? Hmm. That's where I'm sitting with it. Now, I can totally get behind someone who's like fire and brimstone and go like, well, that's fucking rough. But, you know, come on. (laughs) Um... And if it is what we have now, maybe we are in heaven. Uh, I asked a question replaced by Jehovah. You mentioned by what? I don't know what you're referring with that question above, is what they say. And I found it and reposted it to them in my email. Um, I respond, haven't quite got to the Lazarus bit, but I do know he gets resurrected. I'm glad for him. Which, maybe you don't tell the Son of God about a place he's been. Maybe you're too blown away that you are alive. Maybe God held him in a dark lobby because he knew he was coming back and he has to keep the faith thing going. Or, maybe there's nothing. There's living and then there's dead. Dreary, for sure, but does put a boot up my ass to do what is important in life, no matter how minuscule or mundane or how outrageous. They respond, Right now, there's two options. 
like you say, living or death. Jesus talks about death in the Bible as sleeping because they will be resurrected as Lazarus was. In them, I suppose, Nito. So then why did we even ask if he could, he could see uh, the kingdom of heaven if he's sleeping? So then why is that even a question? If it is death as a sleep, great. However, if I come back and I've been murdered by, I don't know, a, um, a combine or something like that, something that shreds me to nothing, do I come back whole or do I come back as ashes? Just curious. Or those who are, you know, fucking burned at the end of it. Are they just a cloud of a person or is it a spirit? Is it the physical being? What's that like? Um, so, eh. Only, uh, so I ask, only Jehovah knows the time. Doesn't seem like it. Not with the time we are given. If he knows time, he's odd. If he knows the time, he's odd and not very picky about it. From the beginning of time to 1914, which is some, what, several billion years to get heaven just right? Does re doesn't really lend itself to a God who gets things done with a snap of his fingers as Genesis would have us believe. That and I have no faith in the 1914 bit at all. Considering the internet telling me that the JW roots began in 1843 with a failed prediction that the second coming was about to show up in the 19th century. And that the only th true sighting for the 1914 bit seems to be World War I. Were there any prophets then? Any other signs? They respond. Jehovah gives us signs of when Armageddon will happen, Jonathan, but not the exact hour or day. Even Jesus doesn't know the exact time. Convenient. I do know Jehovah is a God of love and doesn't want any destroyed, so his timing will be the exact right time when all those living will have had a chance to change their lives. I didn't answer this one I meant to. I should have gone back through this a bit more thoroughly, but I didn't. Oops. The question here being, like, given a chance to change their lives. This assumes the ones that are living at the time. So what about newborns? What about um, the elderly who have lived their lives a certain way? Um, this seems backwards to me and wrong on quite a few levels, that people need to change their lives. You know, that, that also kind of goes in hand in hand with me and my thoughts on, um, oh, fuck, what's the word? I just had it. Con converting people. I'm never a huge fan of it. I'm a fan of doing good deeds, but I'm not a big fan of building a person a house and telling them they can't live in it unless they change religions. Doesn't seem quite right to me. Not at all altruistic, especially if you're playing a numbers game with other religions. For what end? Who knows? Doesn't make sense. Um, so, so at some point, what, what chance do certain people have? And what chance does it really matter? At some point, in my head, it seems like they're going to do a, um, a Children of Men movie sort of a thing where God says, you know what? Done having kids and whatnot, uh, you're all done with that, and eventually I'm going to show up when the time is kind of fucking right. You know, somewhere, somewhere, you know, who knows? Fuck it. Or maybe just have everyone kill themselves off, and then I'll just show up at the end, and we'll just, we'll just have a clean fucking slate. Doesn't fucking make sense. If it's to show up at the right time, be like, I will resurrect you, it sounds much better to be like, fuck, war's happening on a deity-level scale. And fuck them. <laughs> like, there's going to be some casualties. That's for fucking sure. Um, it doesn't make sense that it feels like I have to choose the right time for people to change their lives. Doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel godly. And frankly, 
if I were a god, and I'm not, but assuming that I have a teeny, 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 tiny part of god in me, it doesn't quite flow with me to pick, like, even give hints. <laughs> I'll do it when I, honestly, the, the easiest way, like, I'll do it when I fucking want. Oh, you'll give us a sign? No. You won't even fucking know. Better to have that. <laughs> It'll happen when you least suspect it. That way you have faith and fear at the same time. The two big Fs of religion. Um. Anyway. Getting roused here. Uh, even Jesus doesn't know the time. How do you fucking know? <laughs> Wouldn't it make sense that he would? Like, he doesn't just get a memo. He doesn't have, like, you know, he's not in a military establishment. Like, I'm just waiting for the call, you know, to grab his helmet and run off with 144,000 people to go like, All right, gang, let's go! And make a war that doesn't seem to be really much of a war at all. It's but much better story-wise if there's an actual, you know, struggle. To me, at least. Be like, oh shit, God's losing to Satan? Holy fuck. Is he going to win? I don't know. But then again, I was raised on movies, so what the fuck do I know? Um, How close to the end are we? Are you thinking we're at the last chapter or the epilogue? And if God is so timely, how long do you really think we have? Another 1900 years? Another several billion? Would love to hear how close we are. They respond. You would be able to prove that to yourself through an orderly study of God's work. Uh-huh. I respond, and what work is the JW doing? I'm not familiar. I'd love to be enlightened in this. But I'm not sure you're selling me on knowing you're Jehovah. True, I have a long way to go with the Bible. Just got to chron First Chronicles. Hooray, period. They respond, Psalms 83, 18. Many peop uh, may people know that you, whose name is Jehovah, you alone are the most high over all the earth. The name Jehovah means to cause to become. Isaiah 43.10, Isaiah 9.7, Matthew 22.37, Isaiah 2.3. Plenty more scriptures. The Almighty has a name. Moses knew God's name. That's where they end it. So, I respond. Oh, well, I'm still talking in the Bible. For those who are... <laughs> uh, this is gonna, maybe I'll just make this one the email episode. What do you think? Might be the way I do things. Anyway, I respond to this. Uh, this madness here in a sec. I gotta pull it up. Um, so, uh, I respond. Hey, sorry for the delay. So it goes, and I go back to the timeline. God makes everything. Dinosaurs, Adam and Eve, Moses, Satan, still in heaven, Job. In general, he's around. We'll admit, this has always eluded me because of any sort of conversation with the Almighty and Satan seems backwards, especially to place a bet on a guy. A rich guy, too, which... Is that the better judgment? Can't take as much from a poor man. So I gotta ask, are the poor more pious? What do you think? I've heard it's easier to pass a camel through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven. Why do you think he's still in heaven chatting it up? Didn't he get banished right after the A&E incident? Jesus. Satan tries to tempt Jesus. Jesus dies. 1914. Uh, had to look up tribulation as a definition. It's a good word, and it is a good word. Eventual apocalypse, 144k souls instantly serve Jesus as his army of teachers. The dead wake up, Satan gets thrown into the abyss, a thousand years pass, Satan comes back, tests humanity, gets purged with any who follow. Everyone else is happy, 
uh, with their white robes. Parentheses forever, I should have added. How does that look? Hopping on to some other things here. Your Revelation 7 quotes 144,000 sealed out of every tribe of the sons of Israel. Sounds more like, uh, sounds like more than 144,000 persons, because it's not just one tribe, right? There were Dan and the Canaanites and all those others, right? So is it 144,000 out of each of those? Then it goes to quote that the crowd, which no man was able to number, so the 144,000 doesn't really matter, does it? Or is the multitude of the rest that are just not part of those tribes, just hanging out with their olive branches, giving praise? Does this mean it's better to be Jewish or Hebrew? I'm not sure they are interchangeable, but that is, that's my bad education. I think it is. If it means being a part of one of these, uh, these tribes, then isn't it easier to go into heaven by being Jewish? When does Satan get banished to hell or to earth? I'd be suspect if he's been hanging around with God all this time that maybe some ideas slipped through the cracks. Some ideas slipped through the cracks. Not good to have the Almighty have the literal devil on his shoulder, wouldn't you say? I've read the passage you sent me, I believe. I quoted here. Revelation 7.13-17. to 17, New International Version. Not the version we're reading. Hopefully our King James Version is a pretty metal version of things. Uh, then, then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they, and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have uh, come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Wow. Hmm. Come blood. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them uh, for, any, uh, for any scorching heat. For the Lamb of the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Right? So all good things, no real due date, promises of good days ahead, which is a good thing, but doesn't really help us, does it? Looking back at the 144,000, there is a remnant who rule with Jesus among his early disciples. Twelve? Or should we expect more? Will Judas be among them? Then another that is before 1914, some number that is less than 144,000 minus early disciples minus N, those chosen before 1914 equals the remnant, right? How hopeful should I be about being even one of those, or you, or anyone, for that matter, uh, having over a hundred years after that date? But if it's all the tribes of Israel, my chances have gone up quite a bit, but not much because I'm not in any of those tribes, and do I need to be born into that tribe, or can I just join willy-nilly? 1914. What do you think God has been doing up until the, 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 that point? Just curious. If he can create everything in seven days, what has he been doing since his last talking point, which was at Jesus' death, right? Building towers, collecting Legos, after apocalypse. So we reawaken. Perfect humans. I'm not saying they become a God class, because, which sounds awesome, but go to a God class, like college or high school. And I can understand the time for billions to go through it, but again, it does limit God, doesn't it? There is a timetable, a thousand years. The internet says that there has been 107 billion people ever. So, 107 billion divided by a thousand, 107 million people per year getting this lesson. Then what? 
They inhabit earth for a, a thousand years and wait to be tested. Do some ascend to heaven immediately following the graduation ceremony? What of those on earth? Are they still praying for heaven to come down to them? Uh, or is it like Mad Max down here and it's great up there in heaven? Or is it all just good all around? We are overcrowded as is with seven billion people. To add a hundred billion, sounds like I should think about investing in some holy apartments in the future. And why does Jesus need this help anyway? There was too little of him in Jerusalem with some of the beggars and lepers, but he is ascended. What needs he of some paltry number of the faithful? A good number of hype persons to raise him up to what? He's popular as it is. Replacement. Referring your email from the 24th. Uh... It, so I quote it, and uh, they quote me, uh, If it's such an exclusive club with only so many members, they've probably been chosen before my time even came to breathe on this soil. Why would I want or even be able to get into it? They answer, They are chosen by God, but they have to prove faithful through death. Those that don't prove faithful to death are replaced by Jehovah. So, the question is, what are they replaced with? And are people so easily replaceable? Why replace them at all? Is it a numbers game? Armageddon. Always convenient that we don't know the time, isn't it? Wouldn't it be nice to know when? Wouldn't make holiday planning easier. You could put off people you don't want to see. Can't, Dave? Armageddon is on Tuesday. And the proof uh, uh, proof of that is in this book you claim? Through an orderly study of God's Word. Well, I'm starting from the beginning and going through it with this podcast, and so far I'm not seeing much I'd like to follow. There's entire populations of persons that I wonder what became of them. What of God's fickleness with every generation of Hebrew people? Satan's endgame. How does he not know what will happen? And why does God need those thousand years? Is he that afraid others won't follow? Why not just kill him when you send him to the abyss? Nothing to worry about. Why the test? Because if we are just going to replace who we want to anyway, why not just do away with those we don't like? Or is Satan just the easiest way to gather people and get rid of them in the most easy way possible? Less strain on the whole judgment bit. How much? I'm curious. To be a part of the 144K, is it a whole-hearted thing or is there a percentage? Again, I do have to question the feelings of spouses and children and family having to take a back seat to God. Guess I've never been a fan of playing second fiddle to anyone, let alone a deity. Blasphemous of me, I know. J.W. Doing You didn't answer my question. You told me a plausible fact that the Almighty has a name. Neat. Glad Moses learned it. So do I. So do you. Seems trivial to me. But I was aiming more for humanitarian efforts and such. To cause to become. The hell does that mean? The simpler way to put it is the cause and the effect. Wasn't it easier and more badass and more Moses-y to use the I am that I am? Love our chats. John. So, yeah, lengthy email times. And you know what? I'm going to leave it with this. Yeah, that's where I'm going to go with that. Um, I'll I'll get to this, the the rest of the the chapters and stuff like that later on this week. I'm sorry I didn't do one uh, this week at all. But uh, I believe I do have some time and things to to make these things work. So, yeah, should be a good time. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Please visit www.johnwatersvoiceover for uh, podcasts and even hiring me if you like the dulcet tones of my hot voice uh, in your earballs for a particular price, which we can negotiate, I'm sure. 
uh, please send me a line. Go for it. Um, you can also send me a line at according to stupid at gmail.com, as well as find me on the Twitter sphere at accord to stupid. Thanks so much. Review, share, and uh, you've been gospel to by the stupid.